morning. Every time I see that thing, it's so well done. I'm like, when's the movie coming out, right? Yeah, so welcome to our, our forgiveness series. Last week, we had some great Easter services. We opened up the series talking about forgiveness as the key to unlock a door for us. It unlocks, it unlocks the door to God. It unlocks the door to the cross. It lets us access and have reconciliation with God. And that was such an important subject last week. And this week, um, we kind of turned the gears on forgiveness to talk about our responsibility in forgiveness. Now, last week at, at, uh, at Easter, one of the cool things was baptisms. And if you were here, you know how special those moments are. And uh, Yuli, one of our gals in our congregation, got baptized. And this was her story. And I, I just, I won't forget this for a long time. She said, you know, I, I prayed a long time ago, like, God, if you're going to make Make yourself real to me. If you're real, make yourself real to me. Because I don't know whether to take this step or not. And in that prayer, she discovered as she went on a trip with other followers of Jesus, that how they loved each other became the proof of it. All of a sudden in her heart, she knew. She was like, God, you've given me the proof right here. The way people love each other, that's the proof that you are real, that you're working in their hearts. And I, I won't forget her story for a long time, because that is essentially the story of Christ for us. That's how he says that people in the world will know that you're Christians by the way you love each other. And yet, that's not always the story, is it? Forgiveness is such an essential part of that story. Our responsibility in forgiveness is an essential part of that story for us to love each other well, for people to see what love is like, to have real intimacy and real relationship with others. Now, when it comes to forgiveness, this is a tough topic, and uh, it has a lot to do with kind of like when you feel when you feel like you're owed something, like when somebody does or doesn't do something. And within the church, this becomes really important because we tend to have higher expectations, right? Like, like sure, like other people will love us, like elsewhere we'd like people to treat us well, but within the church, we have super high expectations for others, sometimes not for ourselves, but we have super high expectations, particularly of pastors, which is why I tell you all the stories of myself so that you don't get disappointed in the fact that I'm just a regular guy trying to follow Jesus too. So when it comes to forgiveness, it's tough. And you can relate to this because like, even if you've never maybe had an emotional pain of like this, you, which you probably have, but if you haven't, like, just think about like when someone owes you money. Like, you know when you've like, gone out, maybe to, like, you've gone out to lunch and, and your friend pulled one of those, like, I forgot my wallet, and so you bought their lunch. Anybody? Yeah, you, come on. You know you've had that happen to you. You bought somebody's lunch, and then you thought, like, like they were going to buy your lunch next time you went out, and, and it didn't happen, right? And, and, you, and you find yourself thinking about it. Or maybe, maybe someone actually asked for a loan from you. It was a big loan, and you gave it to them, and then you were like, they, they didn't pay you back. And they, you called them, and you're like, hey, remember that? loan I gave you, and they didn't pick up. And you ever had that kind of thing happen? And you find yourself thinking about it over and over. And when it comes to an emotional debt, you know, someone who's offended you in some way, you find yourself in the same place where you're recycling a story, something that just you keep coming back to it, and you find yourself behind a locked door in an emotional prison. Where you just feel like, I remember when I didn't feel this way, but I feel, I, I don't want to feel this way, but I just keep feeling this way. And in one of the, the series resources today, as we think about that and we feel that way, um, this is what Lewis Smead says. Lewis Smead says, forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and discovering that that prisoner was you. That's what the journey of forgiveness is all about. This journey of realizing that 
I, I, I'm going to set the prisoner free, and we think maybe like in forgiving someone, we're setting someone else free. The realization that in forgiving someone, we're setting ourselves free. We're letting ourselves out of that dark cell. We're, we're finding a new way. Now, when it comes to freedom, we might not like the idea of forgiveness when we need to forgive, but when it comes to freedom, we like the idea of freedom. We like the idea of being free, finding the joy that God meant for you to find. We like that idea. Forgiveness is tough. But some of you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is something that you probably know, that Jesus actually commands forgiveness. He actually says, I expect this. If you're going to follow me, I expect you to forgive. There's not a lot of options. It's not like maybe you should, maybe if it's your preference. It's, it's a command. He's very clear about it. We'll discover that today. And, and the question becomes, why is forgiveness then so hard? Like, why does he ask us to do this thing that is so terribly difficult? Because it's, it's painful, you know? Like, if you've, if you've ever had somebody you had to forgive, it is painful to reenter into that, to think about letting them go. Sometimes we feel like I'm just, I'm just letting them get away with it. Sometimes we feel like, you know, we're confused about it because we think, like, am I going to have to just entrust myself to them again? Like, I, if I forgive them, like, what if, they're gonna, what if they hurt me again? And understanding what forgiveness is and isn't is really important so that we can approach it well. So let's, let's unshackle a few things before we get started this morning. Unshackle a few, just unlock a few things and say, I'm not going to drag them around when it comes to forgiveness. I'm going to understand what it is and what it isn't. So let me give you four things that forgiveness isn't. And if you want to open up your program guide today, you can follow along. Inside there's a little thing, an outline that helps you follow along and take some notes. Here's four things that forgiveness is not. First, it's not excusing or approving. There's nowhere, no evidence, no scriptural thing when God, when God says forgive, that he says he excuses or approves. Sin, which, and sin is doing something outside God's heart that harms yourself, harms others. Sin always offends God. It always hurts and harms. And so sin is never excused. In fact, that's why Jesus came and died on the cross, was to take care of sin because it wasn't excused or approved. And you find that in Jesus' ministry, often confronted people and said, don't keep doing that. Reconciling. Forgiveness is not reconciling with someone. It's not rebuilding a relationship. Just because you forgive doesn't mean that you'll have a relationship with them. In fact, there are going to be people in your life who are not safe to have a relationship with. And that's okay. Forgiveness isn't reconciling. Now, there are people in your life that you want relationship with. Forgiveness isn't reconciling, but it opens the doors to it if you want it. Forgiveness is not denying. Now, this is when you take that intellectual, you know, I, I've, I talk to people like this sometimes, and they're like, well, you need to forgive them. And they're like, oh, I've forgiven them. Like, really? Because you sound pretty angry about it still. Like, forgiveness isn't denying. It's not just like, no, I did it. I said forgiveness. So it's, it's not repressing feelings. Like, you've got to deal with what's actually in your heart. Forgiveness isn't repression. I'm not talking about, like, just don't feel that anymore. I'm talking about walking through it as a process. And lastly, forgiveness is not forgetting. You can't forget. It's, I mean, it is not possible. You've heard the saying, forgive and forget. You can't forget. It doesn't just go away, but you can forgive. And that's what God chooses to do with us, right? He, he offers, he, he overlooks what we've done. He doesn't forget what we've done. Jesus didn't forget what we did. He, he actually buried them in the deepest ocean. He said, I'm not going to count that against you anymore. That's what forgiveness is all about. So here's our goal today. As we enter in today, our goal is, that we can learn how to cooperate with God, walk through the process of forgiveness, and find freedom. To love other people, 
to live the life of joy and freedom that God's always wanted for you, to never have things in your life, people, offenses that are done against you, keep you from the very things that God wants for you. So that's our goal today. So we're going to talk about that and the idea of this idea of canceling debts, because this is what forgiveness is about. Like when you have that debt, when someone owes you something and you've got to decide, what am I going to do about it? The easiest way, the best solution for that is just to cancel it and walk away. Say, I'm going to live, I'm going to live my life and not in this imprisonment. I'm not going to think about it and dwell on it anymore. And that's what God did with us. So that's what he asks of us. And if you want relationship with others, if you want a relationship with God, that's what you're going to have to do. So let's talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness is canceling a debt, first, through an act of obedience. This is what forgiveness is about. It's about an act of obedience. Now, some of you, are, some of you love to follow rules, right? You love when there's a rule, and you love to know what it is, and you love to check it off, because that's the way God wired you, and I admire you, right? Because I'm more of a guideline guy. Like, you know, like, if it says one way, but there's no one coming the way that it, the arrow's pointing, I'm only going one way, right? So I'm just going to slip in around the corner and park, you know, and find that little parking spot right over there as I turn. Now, if you're a new driver, don't pay any attention. I did not say that it's not, I'm not authorizing you to do any of that. You should still get a ticket if you do that. You can still be in an accident. But here's, here's my point. For me, to know when, when God says obey something, I always have conversations with God about, tell me more about that, God. I want to know why. Like, it helps me to know why so that I can fully obey. And here's the thing about obedience. And this is what I've discovered over my many years of these conversations with God. Obedience is about bringing my heart into alignment with his. Obedience is about understanding that God always wants to protect my greatest joys. And when I obey, it's not about just pleasing him or checking a box or making myself good with God. It's about becoming closer to God. It's about knowing his heart and following through with it. And there's no other place better in the scripture. If you want to discover what being close to God feels like and intimacy with God, there's no better place in the scripture than to look in Matthew 6 where he's talking about hypocrisy and all kinds of stuff and his disciples say, hey, teach us how to be close to God. Teach us how to be intimate. Teach us how to have conversations with God that are real and authentic. Teach us how to relate to God as a father. So Jesus says, okay, I'll teach you how to pray. I'm going to teach you how to pray. And this is, this is what he says in teaching the disciples how to pray because the Lord's Prayer is about the purpose of the Lord's Prayer, intimacy with God. But what's most startling about the Lord's Prayer is that it's mostly about forgiveness. You want intimacy, you've got to know about forgiveness. This is what Jesus focuses the whole prayer around. So here's the prayer. Then th- this, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, how, who in who are, Okay, so you know when you know something and some other version of Scripture, then you're trying to, okay, so you're going to have to deal with me on this one because I'm going to try to try to read it and not just have it come out of my head. These are the words actually on the thing. This, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So remember Jesus is saying, align your heart with God's. He wants to protect you, so allow that to become through in your life. He says, now, he says, give us our daily bread. Provide, God, provide, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Jesus starts in this prayer by saying, align your heart. And he says, you need something daily. You need daily bread. You need daily provision. But just as much as you need daily provision, 
You need daily forgiveness. You need daily forgiveness as part of your life. Not just to ask for forgiveness, but to give forgiveness. Jesus includes both of these. Ask for forgiveness, but also give forgiveness. Because it's all attached to it. You want to know God well and be intimate with him. And then he says, don't lead us into temptation. Immediately following this, uh, this topic of forgiveness, he says, don't lead us into temptation. Now, why would you be led into temptation? What's that have to do with forgiveness? Now, if you've ever had unforgiveness, you ever had holding something against someone, you know exactly, right? Like, when you don't forgive someone, what's your next step? You're angry, you're bitter, you have ill will towards someone. Like, all the things that you don't want to be, like, Jesus says, don't, you could be someone better than that. You become that when you don't forgive. That's the temptation. And if that's not enough, if, you, if you're still not buying into this, then let's look at the end of the Lord's Prayer. So he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, and then he says, now, I just want to make sure you really got this. You know, when, so when Jesus says something twice, you pay attention, because he's saying, like, hey, I, I know you probably weren't listening the first time, so let me say it again. So this is what he says. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Wow. And then Jesus says, now, just in case you really weren't listening, let me say it another way. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive you of your sins. Don't you hate that when Jesus, like, raises the bar like, way up here and you're like, doggone it. Like, why'd you have to put the bar way up here? And when he does that, it means it is so essential to your relationship with God, and to the kind of life that God wants you to live. He's like, you can't miss this. Because daily forgiveness isn't so much about salvation as it is about receiving forgiveness from God, about experiencing forgiveness from God, about walking in God's grace, participating in the, in the grace and the invitation to enjoy God and to have intimacy with him. And if you want to have intimacy with God and you want to enjoy that kind of relationship, if you're seeking that kind of relationship, then you need to know how important forgiveness is. Now, most of us, I think this is true. Most of us, when someone hurts us or wounds us, we would like them to come and repent, right? I'll offer forgiveness when they come with sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes on, on their knees, begging me, Please forgive me, right? And when they're there, I'll totally offer that to them. And it would be easier if that was true. But if you're a Jesus follower, then you know, as we talked about last week, that when Jesus was on the cross, some of his last words, before anyone knew they even needed forgiveness, before anyone was even repentant, he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. God offered you forgiveness before you ever repented. He made it available to you first. You see, the real danger that Jesus is talking about here in unforgiveness is that unforgiveness can actually weigh down our hearts and keep us from the very thing that God wants for us. It can damage our ability to experience God's forgiveness, to experience his love, and to give it away to others. My son, my son uh, trains for track. Now, unfortunately for my son, he got my athletic genes. Because had he not got my athletic genes, he would be an Olympic star athlete. The, the boy trains 
crazy. Like, he runs seven miles and does sprints and track. And then he comes home, and he says, Dad, take me up the hill. i gotta run, I got to run hills on, like, the steepest part of the mountain up there for, like, 30 minutes and do all this other stuff. I'm like, wow. So, so he asked me to build him this weight sled because he's got he's to sprint with this weight sled towing behind him. It's like Rocky, you know? And so he goes out, and, you know, I mean, and in the dead of winter, he's doing this for, like, I'm like, you know what I'm thinking. Like, you see him, like, grimacing and his muscles straining. And, like, you, you stand inside as a dad. You're like, he's nuts. <laughs> That's crazy. He is crazy. And all that helps him get to a point of, like, maximizing his best where he's now running five-and-a-half-minute miles and under five-and-a-half-minute miles and under 12-minute two miles. Like, he's working hard at this. Like, I just throw up thinking about it. But I want you to imagine for a second if he didn't take that weight sled off and he showed up to his track event to run a mile and he still had that on him. And he sprinted around the track carrying that, towing that while everyone else was running around the track. Because that's what some of you are doing. You have been carrying the weight of something, a debt that someone owes you and it has weighed you down and you had that rope tied to you. And you're not free. You don't have the ability to live the life that God wanted you because it's there. And you think that holding on to that pain protects you, but it doesn't. It just weighs you down, dragging it around with you. See, when someone wounds us, someone hurts us, or hurts someone we love, we, we, in our hearts, make note of it. It's a little ledger in there. We feel like they owe me. They owe me, and they need to pay me back, and I need to protect myself from it. And here's, here's the problem with emotional debts. When you have an emotional debt, emotional debts can't be repaid. Someone can't repay you when they owe you an emotional debt. There is no way that it can happen. Because the truth is, it's not a debt. It's a wound. It's not a debt. It's a wound. And this, this language that we use, this you owe me, is, it's a language of death. Because instead of allowing that wound to heal, it's like every time we replay it, every time we think about what they owe us, we just pick at it. Right? Like we pick at it and it bleeds again. Now, some of you who are parents have young children. You, you, you know what happens like when your, your child falls down, right, and they skin, they skin up their knee and there's gravel in it and that kind of thing. Like, do you go in there and like pick at it? Like, what's the first thing you do? Come here, right? Let me, let me wash it. If, if, you're, if you're super medical-like, you get like the hydrogen peroxide out of the vaccine or something. You spray it. And, of course, do you, what, what's your kid doing the whole time? Right? Like that's like they they think they're like I, I'm hurt and you're gonna hurt me more. Like like but but you know, you know that if you want to heal that wound, the first thing you have to do is wash it. And that's forgiveness. So when we bring our wound to God and we let him heal it, we let him wash it, we let him clean it. It's an act of repentance. You know, letting go is hard. But here's the thing. 
Now, if you follow Jesus, you, you, you kind of get this already. It is utterly absurd that we hold someone else in our debt when we realize what God has forgiven us for. Absurd. So let me give you a step here. You want to cancel that debt and you want to be free, then make a choice to forgive. Now, making a choice to forgive is hard, and so here's my advice. Start with owning your part. I'm not lowering the bar here. I'm raising it. You have a part in that forgiveness. Your part might be 5% of the conflict. Your part might just be how much you feel in your heart towards that person. Maybe you didn't contribute to the conflict at all, but maybe what you feel in your heart towards that person is where you need to start. You need to ask God for forgiveness. Now, if you find yourself in a place where you're like, I just can't do it, Sean. Andrews, you, you are nuts. There's no way that's going to happen. Then let me, let me suggest what's helpful to me because I am hardcore resistant when it comes to God. I try to give him my yes, but he, he drags me along a lot. He's kicking and screaming. So here's what I found that's been helpful to me. Remember when I had to forgive someone, it was really hard. And God said, then you make a list of everything you've done wrong. Go ahead. You know, just started making a list in my journal of all the things that I've done wrong that God's forgiven me of. I didn't have to get very far before I was willing to say, all right, God, this is going to be hard, but I'm willing to do it. So give yourself a good start. Set yourself free. Begin that journey today. If you want to cancel the debt, you've got to have an act of obedience. And the second thing that canceling the debt that helps you on this journey is shredding the record book. Let's talk about shredding the record book. Most of us have this record book. We have a ledger. You know it's there. Right? In your heart someplace, there's a ledger, and there's people in the rows of that ledger, and you know what they owe you, you know what they've done. Maybe, maybe it's a parent. Right? Maybe, maybe it's your boss. Maybe he's got a column in there. Maybe it's a teacher at school. They've got a column in there. They've got some rows in there. Maybe it's a friend that, you, that was supposed to do something or not. Maybe it's your pastor. Sorry. Probably got in there. Maybe they're in there too. And, and, and you've been carrying that around with you and you remember all of those things. And we would like to forget. I mean, it would be nice if we could just forget this stuff. But I'm more likely to walk into a room and forget what I was there for, right, than I am to forget that someone hurt me. I don't just forget that. That's why shredding the record book is not just forgetting. Here's what shredding the record book is. Shredding the record book is choosing not to carry it around with me. Shredding the record book is saying, I'm going to cut that rope, I'm going to cut off that weight, I'm going to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to choose not to dwell on it. So once you're reaching your, reaching your program guide today, you're going to find a little piece of paper like this. When you pull that out, it, looks, it says forgiveness ledger on it. Some spiritual action steps at the top, and it has a, a forgiveness ledger. So here's what I'd like you to do. In a little while, I'm going to ask you to write some names on it. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make an unfiltered list of people that need to be forgiven. You might still be in process like you started, but you just feel stuck with them. There might be some people on your mind that are coming to you as I'm talking this morning. You're like, yep. You know, how do you know that they're on your list? Because they're people you want to avoid. They're people you don't want to talk to. They're people when you hear talk, you feel something against them. You know that they're on your list. 
I want to encourage you to start, start thinking about that. That name comes to you. God brings that name to mind this morning. Just write it down. Just write it down this morning. Begin to make that list because, not because they deserve to be free, because you need to. You need to. You need to take that step. You need to experience what God wants for you. If you want to experience it, you have to do what love requires. Here's what love requires according to the Apostle Paul. Now, if you know about Paul, you remember Paul was someone who had not only asked for a lot of forgiveness because he had been he had been responsible for murder, he'd been responsible for a lot of things. He not only had to ask for forgiveness, he was someone that once he started following Jesus, he had a lot of people to forgive. People, people slandered him. He was thrown in jail wrongly. People wanted to kill him and murder him. Like, this is a guy who had a lot of people to forgive, a lot of people to hold something against. And this is this is what he said. So this is what love requires. Love keeps no record of being wrong. Love keeps no record of being wrong. You want to love like Jesus loves? Love keeps no record of being wrong. Now you should be think, sitting there thinking, how can I pretend that it didn't happen? How do I pretend that it didn't happen? So listen, we don't forgive sins. We forgive people. God forgave sins. We just forgive people. And, the, and shredding the record book simply means this. I am going to choose not to keep a ledger. I'm going to choose not to carry a weight with me anymore. You might feel that that debt's owed to you, but here's, remember where we started with this? We said, what's, what's forgiveness so essential to? Intimacy with God. If you don't forgive, you can't experience intimacy with God. So the real question here is this. Do I want intimacy with God? more than I want justice for my person? That's the question that we need to dwell on. That's the question that God is inviting you to. If you want to shred the record book, it means that you're going to choose not to dwell on it. So that means no more retelling that story. Someone offends you, you want to shred the record book, you want to do what love requires, it means no more retelling that story. You don't go retell it and then retell it to somebody else and then let the steam out with somebody else. You don't retell it in your mind. Don't, don't push the instant replay and retell that story to yourself because by doing that, you stunt and you stick the, the process of forgiveness and you stop it. He says, don't do that. Don't point your finger. Instead, every time that memory, that emotional memory comes up, you're not going to be able to stop that. Every time that memory comes up, let it be a reminder that it is an invitation to let God have something, to forgive, to choose not to point your finger. Because every time you retell and you point your finger at someone, do you know who you're agreeing with? Not God. You're agreeing with the devil. The devil is the great accuser. He would love for you to point your finger. So let, let God deal with that person. Let God remind you of what's good. And here's the prescription that God has for pointing finger. And from Isaiah, Isaiah says this about it. You want to remove the heavy yoke of, of oppression? then here's what you do. You stop pointing your finger. You stop spreading vicious rumors. Instead, feed the hungry. Instead, instead let, the, do, let your light shine out. 
Let, let your light shine out, continually relying on God. Let it be bright as noon. You want out of that dark cell? Then do good and follow God. Then let the Lord, Lord God guide you and give you water. You want that restoration of intimacy with God? Then forgive. Then choose to forgive. Choose to shred the record book. Because if you don't, you remember, they still have those, they still give out those Mr. Yuck stickers, like when there's poison control. They still do that? Yeah? I'm, I'm looking at the, like, you guys, Mr. Yuck. Any? Okay. They're looking at the teenagers like, what are you talking about? They used to give out these little green stickers that, like, Mr. Yuck was really bad phase. Anyway, it meant poison, don't drink it. Here's the thing. If you continue to go on this journey of pointing your finger, inside your soul you become like Mr. Yuck. In every environment you show up to, people feel that poison. And they say, I want to be done with you. They want to call poison control. Because the real test of spirituality is not is being able to not be poisoned. That's what growth requires. So how do you do this? So let me let me let me encourage you. This is how you can cancel the debt. This is a way, next step in forgiveness. Is if you want to choose to start this process of forgiveness and not point your finger, every time you feel the urge to point your finger to retell that story, instead pray blessings on your offender. Now I know that this is counterintuitive. I know that you're saying, what are you talking about? That's nuts. I do not want to pray blessings on my offender. I do not want them. Why would I want them to succeed? Why would I want them to prosper? Why would I want to pray, God, prosper them, bless them? Why would I do that? Because that's the wrong question. The wrong question is, why would I want them to do that? The right question is this. Do I want to be free? Do I want to have joy? Do I want to unlock the door and have intimacy with God? That's the right question. And that's why you do it. Listen, what if, what if, when Jesus was talking the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are those who, when cursed, they bless back. What if, in blessing your enemy, it opens the door to God's blessing in your life? What if God actually blesses you in accordance to how you bless your enemy? Would you do it? Would you allow your heart to come along and take that seriously? Because that's what God wants from you, to bless your enemy. Let's talk about the third step of, of forgiveness. So these are, I know, these are hard steps and journey, but I'm going to tell you they will set you free. The third step of forgiveness and canceling the debt is refusing to punish. And we just started talking about this, this idea of, like, don't punish, don't point your finger. Now, punishment, punishment isn't something we like unless we're the punisher, right? Unless we're on the end saying, like, I'm responsible for this. I want to get back at someone. And it's natural. It is natural for us. Forgiveness is not natural. It's not something that people like to do. Revenge, punishment, that's something that we're good at. We have to choose to turn off this instant replay. And here's why. Because punishment is about fear. Essentially, when you are in the mode of you want to punish someone or get back at someone for what they did to you, it's because you fear future pain. And you're trying to protect yourself. So you are either protecting yourself from that fear, or you're going to cause fear in them to protect yourself. Do you know what God says about fear? John, John Jesus' best friend, says, if you have fear, you're not experiencing the perfect love of God. He says, such love has no fear. You want to experience the perfect love of God? The perfect love of God is to be in his presence, to know that you are loved by him, to experience the freedom and the goodness of God means you don't fear. It means love expels that fear and says, I don't have to be worried about what other people think of me and what they're going to do to hurt me because I'm already loved by God. 
And if we're afraid, it's because we fear punishment. We fear reprisal. God says, don't have anything to do with that. Don't have anything to do with that. Carrying punishment isn't here. Now, remember Apostle Paul, who had a lot of reasons to have, take revenge on people. This is what he says about revenge. Romans 12, 19, he says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Now, I imagine there were plenty of times where he wanted to. He says, don't do it. Leave that, leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. So God says, I will take revenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And why does God repay? Not just because he's powerful to do it. Because he's righteous. He's just. He's loving. He's merciful. He's compassionate. He's all the things that we can't be when we are hurt. You know the old saying, hurt people hurt people? And when you're hurt, you're likely to hurt someone else. When you're the victim, you lessen yourself when you want to take revenge and cause hurt. You become the offender. The very thing you don't want to do. So Paul says, don't do it. You're not entitled to it. The people that hurt you, they don't even belong to you. You didn't create them. So you're not even entitled to this. God says, don't do it. It's going to harm you. It's going to harm your soul. Revenge is a toxin for your soul. The antidote is this. Paul goes on to say, here's the antidote for revenge. Instead, he says, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. What? So the person who offends me or hurts me, you want me, if they're hungry, to feed them. If you're thirsty, give them something to drink. Why would I do this? Because in doing this, you will keep burning coals of shame on their head. In other words, Paul says, you will give them the opportunity to realize their offense. And you'll give them an opportunity to have that conversation with God. Don't let evil conquer you, but rather conquer evil with good. So what's your role in justice? When someone hurts you, what's your role? Simply this, your role is to do good. To do good. To do, not to play judge, not to try to hurt back, but to do good. One, we recently had a, a conference on called Soul Care, and the speaker there had this one line that just really struck me. He said, you know, I have committed to die with no enemies. I don't want to stand before God and have enemies. I'm going to commit my life to die with no enemies. Someone does something against me, I'm going to I'm going to forgive them. I'm not going to make them an enemy. I'm not going to have a list in my heart because I know the damage it does to them. I know the hurt that it does to them. So how do you do that? Here's how you do that. When, when, you, when you have those hurts, and, you have, and this is why you have that ledger in front of you, you need to make a list of them. You need to grieve them. Because there were losses that you experienced. Maybe it was humiliation. Maybe it was pain. Maybe it was cut off of a relationship. It's okay to make a list of those. And it's okay to grieve those and say, God, I just, I wish I had something else. I wish this could have gone better. And after you grieve them, you bring them before God to heal them. Now, it's going to be tempting to just like, okay, God, I just want to sit here and let you heal them. But it's part of that washing of the wound, according to Paul, is to say, okay, here's what I'll do to heal the wound. I'll do good. I'll keep doing good. I won't let this stop me from doing good. And in fact, I'll even do good to the person that hurt me. Now, that doesn't mean that you trust and trust yourself to them. That doesn't mean that you can't have boundaries, but it means that you even do good to them. Not because you feel good about it, but because you know the good advice of by doing good to them, it'll start doing your heart good. It'll change your heart towards them, especially if you're doing the other things like praying blessings over them. 
especially if you've already made the decision to give to him. Shredding the record. Acting in obedience. Taking this step to say, you know what, I'm not going to punish. I'm not going to die with enemies. It leads us to this fourth thing, and that's this rooting out bitterness. The Bible, the Bible really, God, a lot of people in the Bible talk about this. I'm a, Hebrews 12, 15 says it this way. Look after each other. That none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Now, what could keep you from receiving the grace of God, receiving his love and experiencing it? Here it is. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. You're up to bitterness. See, forgiveness is taking the journey towards the absence of bitterness and saying, I won't let it root up in me. I won't let it spoil my relationship with God. I won't let it spoil the relationship with my friends and my family and everybody around me. Because I'm telling you right now, if you have bitterness in your heart, if you let that stew, it isn't just against that person that, that offended you. It's everybody that's experiencing it. And if you don't believe me, you ask someone that's close to you, and they'll let you know. It affected their relationship with you, too. They miss you. They want you back. They want the you that's you back. Because bitterness has infected all of your life. Now, some of you might have some offenses today that you're, you don't even want to write that name down. Like, I can't do it. I've been angry with that person for too long. They've hurt me too much. I've had too much resentment in my heart. I've done too many things that have been wrong in it. And maybe you've even tried to forgive them and just felt like it didn't work before, it didn't stick. I just want to encourage you. The fact that you've tried, the fact that you're listening, the fact that you're struggling with it right now, means you're ready to take a step. It means you're ready to go and take a courageous step to unroot that bitterness and to be free. Let me encourage you with one other thing. Paul says in Ephesians 4.30 that bitterness grieves the Holy Spirit. And the, and the way, the context that he puts that in is this, that, that bitterness, that when we, when we inhabit bitterness, it leaves no room for the Holy Spirit. But when we let go, when we relinquish bitterness, it becomes an open invitation for the Holy Spirit to come and indwell that space to restore our joy, to restore our love, to restore us, to give us back what has been lost, that the enemy took from us. Forgiveness is tough. So here's what I want us to end with today. I want you to end with the story of Corrie ten Boom. Now, Corrie ten Boom was a survivor of the Holocaust. She saw her sister die in that Holocaust camp. She's tortured and hurt by that. And I want you to hear her story of how forgiveness affected her. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin, and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel officers, guards, in the concentration, concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus, I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done, but then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. When I was in a concentration camp, one of the most terrible things I had to go through was 
that they stripped us of all our clothing and we had to stand naked. The first time was the worst. I said, Betsy, I cannot bear this. And suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. And the Bible tells, they took his garments, he hanged there naked. And I knew he hanged there for me, for my sins. And by my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And it made me so thankful that I could bear my suffering. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5.5. 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who has given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment, I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. Forgiveness is, forgiveness is supernatural, and you will need God's help. But it might just be the breakthrough that you're waiting for, and this is what I can promise you. If you'll do, if you'll do what God asks you to do, he'll do what you can't do. He'll change your life. He'll open you to a whole new world, and he'll set you free. So I want you to take a minute worship team's going to play, and while they're doing that, I want you to pull that ledger back out that I told you I was going to ask you to take care of. I'm going to ask you to do some business with God today, to make some choices about whether you want that kind of intimacy with God, whether you want those kind of breakthroughs, or whether you're ready to say, as hard as it is, I'm going to at least start. 
Maybe all you can do today is write some names down. Maybe that's as far as you can get is just to write some names down, some people on your heart. They might be people that have been on your heart a long time that you need to forgive. They might be people who you don't were unsuspecting. I remember one time doing this exercise that God brought my kids' names to my heart. I, I'm forgiving them well. Listen, I don't know who's going to go on your list today, but if you listen to God and you quiet your heart before him, and you'll stop filtering your list because it's not worth it. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be right. I'm telling you, it's just better to be free. And get started on that list. Maybe write down the debt that they owe you, what you feel like done wrong. And this morning, maybe you want to just check one of those boxes. Maybe you'll be able to accomplish a lot more than that this morning. Maybe you'll be able to obey and take that step. Maybe you'll be able to pray and, and pray blessings and prosperity on them. Maybe you'll be able even to think of something good you want to do for them this morning. But will you start? Will you start and let God do something good in your life? Take a few minutes as, as we play. Let God bring those names. Write them down and get started.